Sports Radio 1043 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. All right, I'm back, and we're going to go to Nate Zielinski. But real quick, I want to make a note that uh, if you were listening over the last week or two, you know that Blue Quill Anglers up in Evergreen is having their Authors' Day this today, and they're having a huge tent sale, their, their Black Fly Day sale. So if you're anywhere near or you're close enough to head up to Evergreen, these are great people in the fly fishing industry, huge discounts, and the authors that are up there signing books are some of the most famous fly fishermen in the world. You might want to go to Blue Quill Anglers on Facebook or on uh, their website and check that out. And let's go. Speaking of uh, famous and well-known, we're doing our Legends of Ice Fishing, and we've had people like Bro Brosdahl, Dave Gens, Steve Panaz, Greg Claudio is going to join us later in this hour. And we have some of our own, and I know I tease him a lot, but we have some of our own ice fishermen around this area that are becoming prominent and are starting to deserve recognition in that Legends uh, series. And that's our own Nate Zielinski. Good morning, Nate. Good morning, Terry. I really appreciate the kind words. There's, uh, there's no doubt I've uh, been in the ice industry a long time. I'm nowhere near the names you're mentioning, but uh, trying hard, that's for sure. Well, you know, the only thing that's really holding you back from being a full-fledged legend in ice fishing is that you argue with me about augers. <laughs> you know, Terry, I, I've been waiting for this day. You know, we're, we're talking to Karen, talking about topics for today. And I was thinking to myself, I'm like, man, you know, the biggest thing that we uh, we love to argue about is augers. So uh, I figured today is a good day to talk about that. And, you know, with all, you know, kidding aside, you know, we argue so much about bit diameter of that. But nowadays, there are so many options to the anglers out there for how to make a hole. You know, and when we used to argue about this, just even a couple of years ago, it was options of hand augers and gas tower drills. And now, I mean, you know, you have some of the greatest spud bars out there where you can use a spud bar in thin ice, and you have hand augers, and there's a lot of options. Then you move into using a lighter bit powered by some of your household handheld drills, you know, another major option. Then you move into larger electric drills. Then you move into propane power drills and then gas power drills and then four-stroke versus two-stroke. So the industry has, you know, so many options now. It's crazy as opposed to literally just a couple years ago, it was, you know, do you hand dog or do you power dog? And now the, the sky's the limit. Well, you know, you're absolutely right. And you and I do, we good-naturedly debate about the hole size. And there's pros and cons to a smaller hole versus a larger one on both sides. And I'll admit you have legitimate arguments at time, and so do I. And we can talk a little bit about that after. But you're right about the options. And, you know, uh, some of the best ice fishermen I know have still started using the the new the newest of the gas models just because it's kind of their nature. They feel good about it, the power. They don't worry about batteries. And on the flip side of that, all the way down, the new battery ones, the time they last, the ease of carrying a battery, how many holes you can catch. Some of the most f- famous ice anglers in the world won't mess with a gas auger. You know, one of them told me you push, you push the button and it goes. You don't start it. And I'm going to admit that, I bet you 80% of my ice fishing, because I like to go chase panfish and small trout. I'll go up for lake trout and pike and things at times. I love that, too, but I love the action. And I take a six-inch hand auger that's sharp, 
And I can drill a hole with a six-inch laser auger almost as fast as a power auger can. And it's light to carry. So there isn't one answer for everybody. But, Nate, kind of give us your take. You know, I, I, 100%. I, I kind of judge, number one, on conditions and, and where I'm going. And I'm very fortunate. I work with Jiffy, but I, I've ran all the augers out there. Um, I have options to really run almost all the augers out there. Um, but for me personally, I almost go straight from a spud bar to, to the biggest powerhouse I possibly can have. Um, so honestly, when I'm out there, whether I'm guiding or out fishing for myself, if I have right around that five inches of ice, five, six inches of ice, um, I use a, a very large spud bar. It's called a Jiffy. It's made by Jiffy, I should say. It's called the Malax. Um, and this is a spud bar that if you have bad shoulders, if you aren't up for the task of having a physical day, uh, it's a spud bar that's going to wear you out. But that larger, heavier spud bar absolutely blows through the ice. And I can make a hole with my spud bar with that big Jiffy Malax spud bar um, almost faster than I can a hand auger with the best of blades spinning as hard as I possibly can. So for me, in thinner ice, I go straight spud bar. That way I'm not worried about anything else out there. Um, but once I cross over to the augers, uh, to a power auger, I'm going to go straight for, for the big power. And you know, for me personally, I'm all about the overhead valve of a four-stroke auger. So if you haven't ran four-stroke before, I, I'm telling you it will blow your mind of the power capabilities. And everybody is so stuck on the two-stroke. Hey, man, you know, in a boat motor, two-stroke still delivers so much power. But with an overhead valve of a four-stroke engine, you get more lower-end torque. So anybody that's ran a, a power drill before, you know what I'm talking about. When you drill a hole, and all of a sudden you get down to where you're just about to break through, so many of those two-stroke drills kind of bind up, and you kind of have to to lift up or shake the drill to get that final hole pushed through. With you have that overhead valve and you get that lower torque, you absolutely just rip through that bottom end. So you go straight from drilling to, to going through that ice. So I'm all about that big torque. Now, the reason I still run gas, and this is something that I talk to a lot of people about. I've been hanging out at Bass Pro talking about this. Everybody's like, why are we not running um, you know, electric? Or why are you not running uh, the option of propane? For me personally, it's what I have available. When I'm guiding lake trout, you know, I have my snowmobile there. I have my, my tracked ATV there. I have other instruments or other machines that require gas. I can't tell you how many times that I've drilled, you know, 100 holes through 35 inches of ice at the Jefferson Lake to where I run out of gas. You know, a normal tank on that jiffy is going to get you about 300 holes on 10, 12 inches of ice. But if all of a sudden you start getting 30, 35 inches of ice, you do burn through some fuel. And it's so nice to be able to go over to my snowmobile, literally grab that snowmobile, tip it over on its side, take gas from the snowmobile into the auger, and go back to drilling holes. So that's one of the biggest things for me is what I have available. So for me, I'm spud bar almost straight to that 4G jiffy gas drill, um, and I'm ripping. I, I do love the availability to not have to mix gas at the two-stroke. Now, again, I grew up with two-stroke augers, but I'd love to be able to run straight gas so I can borrow it from my machine. Um, and I am continuing to drill holes. Um, now, I'd say the latest craze in the entire industry is electric, and that's whether you're using a cordless drill-powered auger or you're using a true electric drill. Um, 
the benefits, they're lighter, so you don't have that big power head. So they're much lighter on, on the stance. You don't have to worry about starting them, so there's not as many mechanical failures uh, that can come into play on the electric auger. So that's another big benefit. The other thing is they are very quiet, um, so you're not making noise while you're out there fishing. Now, obviously, drilling through, through the ice still makes a lot of noise as that bit cuts, um, but the electric is very quiet on your ears, which is a huge benefit. The other big thing for everybody that doesn't have a truck, you have an SUV or a car, um, you're not spilling any sort of fuel by running the electric drills. Um, but again, for me personally, I, I go with the power. And the biggest thing I say is, and again, I'll, I don't want to get in trouble. I don't want to knock the electric. But everything in life, just thinking in, in general life that's electric, at some point has almost let me down. I forget to charge my cell phone. that doesn't charge quite right. Or my truck batteries are dead or, or this or that, you know. The remote control doesn't work because the batteries go bad. I tend, just as a person, I tend to have more issues with electricity than I do power, you know, machine and engine-powered um, equipment. So so I personally love the, the old-school technology of a gas-powered power head. Again, I go with more technical things like the overhead valve, a four-stroke, um, and that's what I'm all about when I'm drilling those holes. Well, I have three comments that I have to make. One is that... For you to be old school when you're talking to me is almost ridiculous. <laughs> I've got belly button lint that's older than you. But <laughs> and then the other thing I want to, I really do want to go back to the spud bar. And carrying a spud bar, especially with the snow we're gonna have on the ice now and things, uh you should have a spud bar with you for safety all the time unless you're following trails of two feet of ice that other people are going on. Uh you need to be checking that ice right now because some of these lakes, Nate um, probably barely had ice on them and got a foot of snow. Some of them didn't freeze yet, and the snow's going to bring the temperature. It's going to help there, but you just need to really be safe right now because there's going to be such a variety of ice conditions. In fact, before um, before we're done today, I'll get, we'll circle back. I want to hear, hear what you're seeing out there as far as ice availability. But I do want to touch on the thing that you and I argue about, and it's not really an argument because there's different theories and that's the size of the hole. I try to stay light. I try to, an eight inch hole is a big hole for me. I'll drill a six, eight. I can pull an awfully big fish through it and I can use really light augers. And you talk about getting a lot of holes. You can get a lot of eight inch holes compared to 10 inch holes because a 10 inch hole, if you don't as exactly almost double the surface area of an eight inch hole. And, and so that's kind of how I approach it. Now there are times extremely large fish. And I know you like turning the fish up in that big hole. I like the fact that the hole keeps the fish from turning, but there's also as a guide where you sometimes have to reach in there or even as your own and help land that fish. And the 10 inch fish hole comes into play. Kind of explain your theory on it. You know, Terry, I, I, I again, love the argument. I don't see any negativity to the big hole. And I see a thousand negativities to the small hole, but, but for me personally, well, you're young, you'll time, always grow that smaller bit. Um, is when I have children on board. So all of a sudden I have a group where I have some, some young children that are coming out and I'm not chasing giant fish. I'm not in tarot catching rainbows. I'm catching walleye. And I don't anticipate any huge fish. Every so often I'll go an eight-inch bit simply for the fact that if you step in an eight-inch hole, generally speaking, your foot kind of gets hung up and you don't go all the way through. As opposed to when you step in a 10-inch hole, you're going to go all the way up to that upper leg and you're going to get wet. So really, that's the only situation I run the smaller one. And then the choosing the, the bigger diameter, I run a 10-inch and almost 99.9% .9 
of the time um, is this reason here. And I can ask everybody. Obviously, we have a ton of listeners following us wondering why we do this. Um, and for me personally, when you are on your boat and you hook a fish, when you lose fish, and you think about losing those fish, especially those trophy fish that you always want to catch, do you lose them on the far distance of your catch when you first hook them, or do you lose them at the boat trying to land them? And I know the answer. Everybody's like, well, I lose them at the boat. I lose them at the net. Same thing through the ice. When you hook that big, giant lake trout, you hook that, that small rainbow. It doesn't matter what you do. When you lose a fish through the ice, very rarely do we lose it when it's 10, 15, 20 feet away. Almost every time we lose a fish is at the hole. It's just one of those things that happens. So for me personally, um, I agree that I love it when a fish gets stuck in the hole and can't turn around and can't escape. It makes it easier to land. But getting that fish into that hole is where 90% of the time or the failure comes and why we lose these fish. So the ability to to have a larger diameter hole to get that fish in the hole to start landing that fish, my odds go up the larger that hole is. So again, for me, where I'm fishing tournaments, I'm diving, I'm filming, um, everything in my world, unfortunately, you know, landing fish is how I make a living. Um, So I want to put all the odds in my favor. The bigger hole, the easier it is to get that fish in the hole and therefore land that fish. Because again, when you think about how many fish you've lost, most cases come while you're trying to get that fish turned inside of that hole. And obviously, the thicker the ice, uh, the, the more that, that comes into play. So again, being able to get that fish turned in there increases my odds of landing that fish. Well, first of all, you made a comment about most fish are lost by the boat. I'm going to have to get with you and teach you how to net. I can understand that. <laughs> but seriously, we're going to agree to disagree on that. But there's positives to both sides. But we're actually over time. But take a minute and tell me what you've seen out there on the ice. What's what's fishable, man? You know, a lot, a lot of things changing. I mean, I drove by. We have some ice on the far south end of Chatfield this morning, which is awesome to see the front range. It's not fishable yet by means and we are definitely building and seeing ice um obviously if, if you turn on the news or heard the radio or whatever we have some extreme winds today um so it's breaking things up and i would say that like your your you know big destinations like antero reservoir it's literally been 100 percent camp and people fishing the entire lake then it went to almost 100 percent open water now it's back to, to you know a lot of ice um, so everything is changing honestly by the day. So it's one of those things that I'm almost scared to do ice reports right now because of that. Um, and you know, one of the, the local favorites is Evergreen. Uh, Evergreen's 100% capped. There are guys walking on the ice. Um, I can't tell you that I have a thickness for you. Uh, the guys are on that. Terry all guys are ice fishing. Uh, Georgetown, you know, is capped. Um, so we're seeing ice conditions build daily, but also with these high winds, we're seeing some of the conditions, you know, lose ice almost daily. So it's one of those things that I would say definitely, um, you know, approach every situation as if it's your first time on the water. Even if you've been on the ice at a couple of these reservoirs, um, when you go out again, carry this bug bar, check the ice. Don't just assume it's good because it was good a couple of days ago. Um, again, we are still in November. Um, it is early. Even though we've had some early ice, everybody thinks it's ice season. Um, I mean, it is early, early ice. We are so lucky to have ice right now, especially fishable ice on half these fisheries. Um, so the biggest thing is it is still early. Our days are still long. Um, we have crazy conditions. So check the ice 
every time you go out there. But, uh, you know, safe bets. Uh, you know, Imperial is a great fishery early in the season, especially that south end is protected by the wind or protected from the wind. Um, so places like that have good stalker rainbows, a lot of action, you know, pretty good ice. Um, so, again, I, even though the, the big bodies of water are capping, I would stick with your smaller bodies and, and again, play it safe because, again, it is early in the season. All right, my friend, we are out of time, but if people want more information on all your ice activities, your tournaments, your schools, your guiding, uh, Tightline Outdoors and TightlineOutdoors.com and Tightline Outdoors on Facebook, right? Yep, that's it. And in a couple in a couple weeks, you'll be hosting this show. Absolutely. I'll be there, I think, on, what, December 14th? Yep. And so, yep, we'll be there, and we'll be doing uh, a lot of cool stuff there. We'll be doing live from uh, from the St. Paul Ice Show next Saturday on this show, so a lot more continuation of the ice talk. All right. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Nate. Talk soon. Nate Zielinski. We'll take a quick time out. We will join, be joined again by one of the legends of ice fishing, one of the men who helped helped create what was known as the revolution. He's, uh, he's a legendary guide. He's a, one of the most accomplished ice fishermen in the country. Greg Clauser will join us after this time out on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. We are going right to the phones as we continue our Legends of Ice Fishing series. We are joined by one of the men who was very instrumental in what's known as ice fishing as the revolution. In fact, he in- introduced me to a man named Dave Gens, who changed ice fishing for me forever. He's also one of my best fishing partners and one of my best friends in life, and that's uh, Greg Clausio from Minnesota. Good morning, Greg. Good morning, Terry. It's uh, winter's here. We're, I, I know you got to listen to part of the last one, and we are uh, we're on and off with ice, but pretty soon everything's going to lock up. But, you know, before you, if you are going out, you want to be safe. And I know you want to talk a little bit about how do you approach lakes safely and then how to get ready. And I know you put some things up on your Facebook page, but let's start with uh, safety tips. Well, safety, you know, it's nice. The first thing, and I say this every year, take somebody with you if you're going to the lake. Because if something happens, you got some help to get out and you can work together, but you shouldn't ever push it anyway. And uh, you might want to stop the local bait shops and see what uh, their reports are or different guides. Check with people before you go. It's tough to be the first one out on the lake. It really is. No, you're absolutely right. And if you are, I think the one tool that you and I would agree on that is essential is a good spud bar. Oh, yeah. Every other step, crack it down good and hard. And We've been there. Oh, yeah. We go fishing and we go... 30 yards, 40 yards, and all of a sudden the spud goes through. Well, then it's time to turn around and go back to the truck and go to another lake. And if people want some <clears throat> visual um, I'd, uh, how that spud bar works and what you do, if you go to the Best of Fishing with Terry Wickstrom on YouTube, there's a thing called Ice Fishing Facts and Fun, and that video, Greg does a demonstration of using a spud bar. Or if you go to North Michigan Reservoir Ice Fishing in Colorado, I do one. So go take a look at those because sometimes it's tough to understand how to, uh, how to use that spud bar and how to approach it. But, you know, Greg, we've talked a lot over the last few weeks. We've had some of the most famous ice fishermen, including yourself, but we had Dave Gents and Bro Brosdahl and Steve Panaz. And we've gone over the advances in equipment. We've gone over the electronics and how it helped us when it started and where it's at now. And we've gone over the clothing. But sometimes we overlook the basics. And one of the when you're out on the ice, 
tying a knot, getting a rod ready can really be a chore. So if you know if you're waiting for better ice, this is a great time to get your gear ready. Absolutely. You took you you read my mind. And especially, you know, right now we've got a winter storm, we've got snow coming down, it's real windy. This is the ideal time. It's dead time. I'm just going to sit in the house and rig up all my rods and get them all ready, even though I've been on the ice a couple times already, and i got to get the rest of the stuff ready to go. So what are some of the things you do? What are some of the steps? Mine, I just put new line. Is that important to you? You know, it is to me, and I I think it's probably the cheapest the cheapest part of ice fishing, well, in summer fishing as well, is good line. You know, you got... Fifty hundred dollars. You got for ice fishing, you say fifty dollar, thirty, forty, fifty dollar reel and an ice rod. Well, you got three or four dollars a line on there. That's the most important thing. It really is. Oh, and it really is. And what do you? I know everybody approaches it differently. Some use uh, monofilament. Some use fluorocarbon. Some use um, the super lines. I use a mix of both. What's your approach to line? And what are the key things you look for in an ice fishing line? I just try to stay light, you know, for, it depends on the species. I do a lot of pan fishing, you know, crappies and bluegills and perch. And I'll use a lot of three and four pound test line. And I'll step it up a little bit when I go for the walleyes. That's usually four to, or a four, six to eight. Rarely, never, hardly ever over eight. And, you know, then if I'm going for uh, northern pike, it'll be heavier yet. You know, and if I'm fishing really deep, I'll use braided line with a leader, but uh, more than likely you'll find me using mono. I use a lot of, I still use a lot of Trilene XL. I have been for decades and I use that a lot. Well, it's one of my favorite lines too. And I think one of the keys to ice fishing, Gens preaches that, and he's a good friend of ours. I don't know how many hours we've spent on this. And I'm sure you'll agree that when you let, now if you're letting a small jig, if you're fishing for trout or panfish around here, and one of your presentations is a small jig, and your line doesn't go out straight, if it doesn't stretch that line out, then you're going to have trouble, you're going to have trouble um, feeling that jig because you'll have those coils in your line. Getting that line tight and straight is so important, isn't it? Well, it really is. I've, I've helped people last year that were just getting in ice fishing, they happened to be fishing by me, and I was watching, and the line was all coiled up, and it was heavy line to boot. They might have had 10 or 12-pound test on, and I said, come here, I want to show you something. <laughs> and I, I gave him a crash course out on a lake, and they spooled up, and they were, I let him use one of my rods, and they were catching fish. But you get that those coils in there, but it's not straight. If you're really watching in line, you can see the line kind of stiffen up, you know, kind of take the slack out, and then you know you got one. But a lot of people aren't really uh that keen and watching online like that no you're absolutely right and it just gives you that extra feel and when you're jigging or making a presentation if all you're doing is moving the coils you're not moving the jig we got a couple minutes left now let's say you got the right line on i do a lot of uh braided line with fluorocarbon leaders i do uh, a number of my rods with fluorocarbon light fluorocarbon and then i do some mono just like you and we could get 10 fishermen here we'd all have different approaches but you like the mono and it's still a mainstay and it's inexpensive if you use mono you have to change it a little more often but let's say we've got new line fresh line and you don't need to put a ton when you're ice fishing right a lot of it can go over old line is that right oh absolutely you can you know, if you want to just buy one spool of line, say four-pound test, you're going after some crappies, 
and how often you're not going to be fishing over 50 feet. Say you bought one spool and you put 50, use uh, the original line on your other rods as backing, just tie on 50 feet of that new line and you're good to go. You're absolutely right. Now, what's another tip getting ready? Something you should be looking at right now. You've got your rods and reels ready. What other piece of gear do you need to make sure you have? Or what's something that people might overlook? Well, you know, a lot of it's maintenance. You know, the, the day before or a couple of days prior, I'll have my electronics plugged in overnight or for a couple of days. I want that to, that to be fully charged because it's been sitting all summer and the battery might be down a little bit. And uh, the augers, too. If you're electric auger, same deal. Or uh, the power auger, put some fresh gas in there and make sure it runs. Don't go out there and start cranking on the thing, you know, when you're on the lake. Make sure it runs when you're at home. Well, you're absolutely right. I think the main thing is be safe, and I think you and I would agree that try to avoid having to re-spool or change line or change rods and reels when you're out on the lake because your fingers get cold, that light line. Tying knots and handling line can be a bear. I try to have extra rods spooled and maybe jigs and spoons tied onto them. Do you do that? I do, with you know, and it's usually different uh different variations of of jigs you know larger jigs or smaller or different profiles or different colors something different so you can just grab another one and go go with that one if the other one isn't working we got to go greg but i understand you posted a lot of this on your facebook page yes i put it on there and i want people to be safe and have fun and enjoy the sport so where do they find that just on my my own personal page greg Greg Clausio. And I'll tell you what, folks. I'll get Karen to share that on uh, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. We have a direct link to that for you. Because I'll tell you what, when this man speaks, you want to listen. He knows ice fishing. My friend, I hope you had a great Thanksgiving, and we will talk very soon, I'm sure. Thank you. You have a good one. All right. Greg Clausio, and we'll get that posted on our Facebook page. We're going to take a quick time out. When we get back, we're going to talk to another good friend, although I don't like to let him know that, but he is. That's JR from Colorado Clays on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You know, this is really a good Eagle song. And if anybody but Jr. was on the line, I'd go to him right now. But I think I'll listen to a couple licks of this. Take it easy. All right. I guess even though it's Jr., we better go to the phones. Uh, joining us now is Jr. from Colorado Clays. And Jr., I got to let you know, I took a shot at you during the uh, during the end of the last segment, and I looked, and you were talking to Karen, so you didn't hear it. Oh, well, I missed that, Terry. I'll tell you what, you're making me feel like singing now. And, no, please. Uh, <laughs> last time I was singing in the creek bottom, my guy said I called in a coyote, so it must be a treat for everyone. Yeah, I'll bet. Hey, my friend, all kidding aside, great to have you on. I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Um, I want to get to some things going on at Colorado Clays, but first of all, you are a year-round facility. How did you weather this last storm? Are you guys able to operate? Well, Terry, we always plan on opening. And, you know, as Colorado's premier public shooting facility, not only do we offer the finest in those recreational shooting opportunities for, you know, rifle, pistol, trap, skeet, wobble trap, and sporting clays, but we do it with no membership required. We're available to everyone, and we provide it on a year-round basis. So long story short, Terry, as long as it's safe, 
uh, to be out and doing it. We're going to be providing our service to everyone. Now, I want to get into that aspect with some holiday parties in a little bit. But first of all, we are in the Christmas shopping, and I'm trying to help the outdoor enthusiasts avoid the shopping malls because I, I tell everybody I am not a recreational shopper. And, you know, if I can avoid the stores, I do. A great idea, if you have a shooting enthusiast, would be a gift card from Colorado Clays. Well, absolutely, Terry. And let me tell you, I mean, just let me give you a few examples of some items uh, we have out here. Uh, We have many styles and sizes of shirts, uh, hats, hoodies, stocking caps, maybe bumper sticker, a hat pin, of course, all different types of ammo, shell pouches, bags, and a lot more stuff. And, and you're right, Terry, although we have everything I mentioned and more for sale year-round, these items do sell particularly well around the holidays because they do make such a unique gift for the outdoors lovers on your Christmas list. But Without a doubt, hands down, the most popular gift idea is that Colorado Clays gift card because it can be used by the receiver just like cash out here at Colorado Clays for everything we offer. Well, what are some of the things? Like, how much do I need to spend to say they get them some rounds of sporting clay or a trap or skeet or even to use the pistol or rifle range? Do I need to spend a couple hundred dollars? What do I need to do? Well, and I'm glad you brought that up, Terry, because that's really a common question uh, when people call out and ask about that gift card. So let's just kind of review some options. Um, here at Colorado Clays, we do have eight total trap fields. One of those is our training trap. That's that straightaway target that's perfect for beginner shooters, uh, maybe doing some lessons. And even the more advanced shooters like to, uh, when they make some changes to their gun, they like to verify that they're still on target. So that's a great tool. Um, Our other seven trap fields are all capable of throwing regulation ATA targets. Um, We have a Canterbury voice release system, so they're usable by individuals or groups. And I'll tell you, trap is just a popular quartering away game for anybody. Um, You know, it's done from a single house and five shooting positions, a real fun game. Uh, Two of those traps are wobble traps. And the wobble trap's a great um, game regardless. That trap moves side to side and up and down randomly. So you can get really endless numbers of target presentations. And when you consider the fact that it's overlaid on our skeet fields, uh, it's probably one of the most ultimate upland game bird practices you can get. Uh, And, of course, our skeet fields, they're NSSA certified. That's a more advanced game that's going to be – Shot on a half-moon field with eight shooting positions. It's got two houses throwing targets, a high and a low, and they were kind of fast-crossing targets. And really, um, any of these games are a a proper round. is considered 25 targets. And, Terry, you can shoot a full game or a full round for only $7.50. You guys are crazy. I keep telling you you've got to raise that price. It's crazy. And, I mean, even if you go into, say, the sporting clays, uh, which is kind of your golf with a shotgun, um, all different types of stations, different presentations, um, everywhere from uh, colors and sizes, rabbits bouncing across the ground. And that one is a proper round of 100. It takes a couple hours to shoot that whole course, only 40 bucks. And then, of course, last but not least, our uh, state-of-the-art rifle and pistol range, all handicap-accessible. Uh, covered shooting area, radiant heat, 10 bays on each side, 
uh, but 25 yards on the target side, 50 and 100 on the rifle with the target viewing system. Terry, that's only $20 per hour to shoot in that facility. So that gift card, uh, probably one of the best gifts you can get. And I, I did the shopping for you and Karen here just yesterday. Now, I've got a really nice hoodie with that uh, Colorado Caliber and Colorado Clay's logo for Karen. She's going to love it. But, Terry, I think I'm just going to get you a gift card for a couple hours in that pistol range so maybe you can keep up with Karen down there next year. All right. Watch it, pal. Hey, before we go on, I'm going to ignore that statement. But I do need to tell people, I want to give away two more tickets to the International Sportsman's Exposition, the ISE show in January. And by the way, guys from Colorado Clays will be there. If you were listening to the last segment, Greg Clajo, the legend of ice fishing, mentioned what line he likes to use for ice fishing. What's his favorite ice fishing line? The first one to text that to 303-713-1043 will get two tickets to the International Sportsman's Exposition. And, Jr., you are not eligible, just so you know. But speaking of that, you guys will be there if people want to stop and see you. Absolutely. We're there every year, Terry. Uh, I encourage people to stop by the Colorado Clays booth and say hi if you are a regular customer. But if you haven't been to our facility, maybe you have some questions, and uh, we can really, really help you out with all of your shooting needs by just simply stopping by and saying hi to myself, Doug, Corey, whoever's at the booth. Uh, We'd be glad to get you going. All right. One more thing I do want to talk to you about. You do a lot of uh, charity events, fundraisers, and things like corporate parties, bachelor parties, wedding parties, um, company holiday parties. Uh, do you do that right on through the holidays now? Or are you booked up, or what, what's the status of those? Yeah, we do that stuff year-round, Terry. Uh, we accommodate based on you know people's schedule, uh, the weather and such, but, um, yeah, we can always make something happen, and I absolutely encourage people to give us a call or send us an email, and we'll look at the calendar, and we will figure something out because, really, there's no place like Colorado Clays to hold those types of events. All right, my friend, tell them how they find you. Give us a call, 303 303- Six five nine seven one one seven, or go to coloradoclays.com, and I encourage people to take the virtual tour of a facility while they're on that website. Uh, really give you an idea how we do things out here. Yeah, and the last comment I have is I had to listen to your shot at me, and you weren't on the phone when I took the shot at you. This will change. It will change. I'll talk to Karen. I'll be ready for you. Yeah. Hey, by the way, I'd, I want you to know that next time you come on, um, I'll be on assignment in South Padre Island doing research, but I don't want you to feel sorry for me. (laughs) Terry, I never do. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Terry. All right. That's uh, JR from Colorado Clays. We'll take a quick time out, and we're going to talk some fly fishing right here on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fans. We are going right to the phones because the gentleman that's joining us now has been a great fly fishing partner to me in the past, and he's got an event coming up, and we want to talk about all of that as we are joined. Uh, before you know, before I go to Kirk, I do want to say I give a shout-out to Jed and Dan, who both texted in, said how much they enjoy the show. Thank you so much. That just means so much to me. And also to Matt and Devin, who were listening and were able to win ISE tickets. We're going to be giving away a lot more, so pay attention. Now let's go right to the phones. And one of our favorite people, uh, Kirk from Kirk's Fly Shop in Estes. Good morning, Kirk. Good morning. You know, 
a couple things I want to talk about. You have an event coming up, but before we get to that, I want to take a couple minutes, not too long. Uh, people tend to put the long rods away when the snow comes in the winter, and boy, that's a mistake because you and I have enjoyed some awfully good fly fishing in the winter. Yeah, we've had some pretty good days fishing out out in the cold or there's some nice days even in the middle of the winter. I remember one time it was 10 or 20 below one weekend. We were going to film a television show. We decided to put it off a week. We went out the next week, next weekend, and it was a nicer day. It wasn't, it was still winter. Uh, we found the fish bunched up in pools, and uh, I don't, I lost track of how much, how many trout we caught. How is the fishing right now? It's good. The fish are kind of in their winter holes like they were then. So when you find the fish, there'll be a bunch of them in those spots, and you can just kind of keep switching up tiny little midges and keep catching them. Well, and the Big Thompson is a tailwater, and that's where you do most of that fishing? It is, yeah. We're fishing down below the dam. It's always open for the first two miles below the dam, but warmer days or warmer weeks in the wintertime, you can be open as far as four miles down. And it's just a great trip for people to book. And how far ahead in advance do people need to book a trip? Like, say we get a little nicer a day in the next few weeks, they want to go fly fishing. How, how far ahead do they have to book? Oh, if they just give us one day's notice, we can get them in. It's not super busy at this time of year, so we got we got guides that are eager to go. And you're right. And it's, folks, it's just if you haven't done winter fly fishing, don't just hunker down and tie. You can do the tying. That's important. But get out there. You'll enjoy it. Kirk, you got an event coming up that I've been part of a couple times. I try to make it. Unfortunately, this time I'm going to be, I, I can't remember if I'm in Hawaii or South Padre Island when you're having it, but, you know, I'll be out there suffering on assignments, so I can't make it. Yeah, it sounds tough. Yeah, but anyway, uh, you have an event. You have this every year where you have a big sale, and then you have a bunch of authors come up and sign books. What's the date, and kind of tell us about it. So it's December 14th on a Saturday, um, and it's, uh, the deals go all day long. So the deal is you get 20% off anything in the store, and you can pick out one item at 50% off, any one item you want. One item at 50 and 20%. That's true. I mean, you're talking, if you're looking at that new fly rod or something, 50% off, wow. That's yeah. inc- that's incredible. Who are some of the authors that will be with you this time? So we'll have uh, John Gearock, John Barr, um, Josh Grafham, and uh, uh, Kevin Davidson, uh, Stephen Schweitzer, and and even more. And, you know, one of the things I love about these events this time of the year is I like when people give me a personalized gift that says, hey, I know what you're into. And a lot of these guys would love to own these books, and and they'd love to have them on their bookshelf. But to get one that somebody went to the author and said, hey, um, can you sign a book, uh, Steve Schweitzer's, Fly Fishing Guide to Rocky Mountain National Park, or or Gierich's, uh I think it's Death, Taxes, and Fly Fishing, and uh, his books. You know, And you get a copy where you can give them the name, what they like, what they don't like, and the, they'll personalize it, and you get a discount on it that day at the store. And, and what a great gift that says, I understand you love fly fishing, and I think this is right in your wheelhouse, so I got something personalized for you. I didn't just run by the store and get something. Yeah, that's the way to do it. It really is. So those guys, what time are the authors going to be there? The authors are there from 2 to 5 in the afternoon, and we'll have food and beer and and stuff like that there, too. Yeah, I know. There's always snacks and stuff. I need to get back up there again because you and I have had so much fun doing that. I, it's, I have to be on these tough assignments, so, Kirk, you know, I, I don't know what else <laughs> I can do. Right. 
But as always, so that's December 14th. The sales are all day. And the authors again are what time? Uh, the authors and the tires will be there from uh, 2 to 5. Tell people how they find the store and how they find you online. We're on Main Street, Nestus Park, right at, right next door to the Dairy Queen. And uh, um, our com and 230 East Elkhorn is our address. All right, my friend. Hopefully you have a great turnout. It's a super event. People need to get up and take advantage of it. Nestus Park, that time of the year in the winter, is just a fun place to go anyway. So yeah. it's, it's always a great place. Thank you for joining us, my friend. And hopefully you had a great Thanksgiving and you got a good holiday season coming up. You too. Thanks, Terry. All right. Kirk Bean from Kirk's Fly Shop. Just good people. Um, they're just super, super people that uh, that, um, that you, you want to spend time with. And you can imagine now 20% off. I mean, this is a nice, well-stocked fly store with high-end equipment and value stuff also. So you can get 20% off everything in one item, 50% off. Now, Thinking about that reel or that fly rod, eh? this wouldn't be a bad deal. We're going to wrap things up here in just a minute, but, you know, I hope you're into the ice fishing. We talked a lot about that. We're going to talk a lot more ice fishing in the next couple weeks. Well, at least I think we are because I won't be here. As I've been jokingly saying, I will be on assignment. Karen and I are headed for Hawaii. So next weekend, Austin Parr will host the show, and he always gets a great lineup of guests, and he's extremely knowledgeable in both fishing and hunting, open water, fly fishing, and uh, ice fishing. He's an avid ice fisherman. The week after that will be Nate Zielinski. Oh, by the way, next week, Nate's going to be doing his segment live from the Minneapolis Ice Show, so he's going to be talking about a lot of new trends in ice fishing when when he calls in. The week after that will be Nate. He'll be online. And he'll be ta- he'll be sharing a lot of information on his guide service, his ice fishing, and then of course I'll be in South Padre Island. And I'll you know what I, I'll post some reports to Facebook, and you should follow us on Facebook. Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on Facebook. First of all, we got Greg Claudio's getting ready and safety tips that were put up there today. Um, when we have a guest like Steve Panaz or Dave Gantz or one of those guys, we we post that when they're coming up. We post that on our Facebook page, the uh, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Every time Karen adds a new uh, television show, where they're not new, they're legacy shows, but new to our YouTube channel, she puts a link to that on Facebook, so you can go right to our YouTube channel. And then we take some of the better interviews every week, and we put those up on Facebook on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, so you can revisit them. Uh, and of course, you can always revisit those on 104.3 The Fan, too. But uh, it's the heartbeat of this show is that Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, lets you know what's going on. I wanted to say thanks to Taylor for filling in for Kyle today. It went pretty smooth, a great job. And, of course, Karen only yelled at me once, so I think I did okay. But I'm not done yet. She'll talk to me in the car on the way home. We'll find out. But we got a lot of sports coming up. But uh, tune in every, every Saturday from uh, 9 to 11 for Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on The Fan. And we'll let the Eagles take us to the top of the hour in sports on 104.3 The Fan.